Blog Talk Radio. trouble getting in touch with Barney, so I'm going to keep trying, and we'll get you a little music going here while we do that. Thanks for listening today. We've got a great show lined up as long as we can get Barney on the line. He is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to our buddy Todd Rundgren, so I know you're going to enjoy the show as soon as we get him here. Let's see. Let's get you something going here for a minute while I can try to call him. He's, uh, he's in the UK, in case you didn't know. Today, the show will be a little bit different. We're going to call him, talk to him, and then I'll do announcements after the show. He he doesn't have a whole lot of time for us, but he'll give us some. So let's do, let's see if we get this playing right here.
which our guest, Barney Hoskins, reviewed one time. Did a nice review of it. Actually likes the album. That's one of the ones that, uh, if you're a big Todd fan, you know and appreciate that one. If you don't know much about Todd, you think this one looks a little weird. It might be a little weird, but it is a great CD. And as Todd claims, according to the interview that he did with Barney, that's one for making love. How about that? Barney, thanks for being on the show. Doug, it's good to be here. Excellent. Hey, I want to let you know, uh, we don't have much time with you, Dan. I know you're limited. I'm surprised you have any time based on all the people that I've seen you interview and the articles that you've done. It's quite amazing. <laughs> it's a long, strange trip you've been on, obviously. But I, I caught the attention of you when I was in, on eBay, believe it or not. There was a Mojo magazine from February of 98 for sale. And the title article, other than the one about Bob Dylan, was Todd Rundgren, The Rise and Fall of Pop's Lost Genius, which definitely caught my attention because I'm always interested in that theory of Todd, you know, could he have been bigger? You know, had he done this, that, and other? Why didn't he? It's always a good story. So I bought this magazine and was just uh, wowed by this thing. It is, uh, when you print it, it's a 13-page article. It is a monster article, a monster Todd piece, as you called it, in another article that you did. <laughs> Great history of Todd with quotes and interview from Todd. It's a biography, really, autobiography. It's a great, great story. Thank you. Yeah, it's one of probably the longest pieces I ever wrote, and uh, certainly one of the longest pieces Mojo uh, ever ran. Uh, and I don't think they ever run stories quite that long these days. Um, but but back then you could you could sort of get away with it if you were passionate enough about something and you made your case strongly enough. They would uh, they, they they might give you that amount of space to uh, wax uh, kind of. Uh, uh, passionately about an artist like Todd Rundgren. Excellent. Well, you know, it was $6.95 in the USA back then. Um, I think I paid more than that, which is funny. You know, you're buying these older magazines now, paying more. But it was well worth it. And you can also get this on your website, or the website you're involved with, rocksbackpages.com, which is a phenomenal website for people who like reading about different musicians, especially Todd Rundgren. There are tons of articles on there. Tell us a little bit about rocksbackpages.com. Yeah, uh, rocksbackpages is now uh, around about eight years old, and it really just started with the idea that it would be uh, useful and uh, cool to be able to um, access in one place uh, a, a good number of articles about you know any artist, really. Um, so uh, we now have somewhere between 12 and 13,000 uh, articles on the Rocksback pages. Some of them are monster features like Todd, and some of them are two, three hundred word reviews. Um, but they span the whole kind of history and evolution of rock and popular music. Um, as they say, from ABBA to Zappa, um, everybody's on there, or pretty much everybody. And we, we you know, we add every week to this um, this archive. And um, so, yeah, there's I don't know, 200 pieces on the Rolling Stones, and I don't know how many on Todd. Uh, I should have counted really, but uh, there's there's a, there's a few, you know, there's a good few pieces on Todd there. Well, I was scrolling through, and I got through at least uh, 45 different ones, and then it started getting into some that were even, you know part of articles that mention Todd, like about the Sparks or other right. he was with David Bowie, all these different things. So it's just fascinating, tons of stuff. Now, the Internet, you can get lots of things at no charge to read about, lots of interviews and history. 
what was the idea behind this one where you charged for it and who is actually uploading these and, and I guess you're having to uh, basically retype these maybe in some examples. Who does all the work? Who's behind the scenes on this? Well, it's a small team. I mean, but we actually we outsource the digitization, uh, di di digitizing of old content um, so that we're not sitting around keying this stuff in because that would have gone completely crazy by now. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, but uh, we charge for it really well just because we just, we've just we stuck to that model. I mean, it's, it, it, it's been an expensive uh, uh, labor of love, really, uh, getting all the writers on board and, and digitizing and uploading all that content. And, um, I mean, we, we see our sort of, uh, one of our kind of core businesses is, is, is uh, academic or other institutional subscriptions. So we, we, we have a lot of universities and, and, and other such institutions who subscribe on behalf of all the students who, you know, I mean, these days, Doug, I'm sure you're aware, you know, people writing theses on sort of Todd Rundgren. <laughs> There's probably someone somewhere writing a thesis on, you know, Todd Rundgren and the meaning of power pop in, you know, mid-70s American rock. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of people studying something that once upon a time, I guess we all thought was just sort of disposable fun and thrills, and now it's become the subject of earnest study. And, um, so that, that's good for us. Um, and, um, you know, so I also wanted just to mention that there's a long, uh, audio interview with Todd on the site as well. Um, we started adding audio interviews, digitizing interviews done by our contributors, um, probably a couple of years ago. So we've got about a hundred audios on there and Todd's one of them. Um, a lot of Todd pontificating and talking from the interview that I did with him. And, uh, I mean, what a, what a great interview it was. Yeah, that's three three different sections, audio videos. I think you called it a, uh, maybe a Wizard of True Star when you look for it on these rock back pages, and they're about 42 minutes to an hour each. I can't wait to listen to them now that I've subscribed, which i got to admit, you know, being on the Internet, it's hard to do that, but then when you think about what all you guys had to do to get all these articles on there, it had to take a lot of time, so it's worth the money. It's $36 for six months, and let me tell you something. You know, if you were to buy Mojo Magazine like I did, I spent about ten bucks, I think, plus shipping for this one. Imagine trying to buy, you know, hundreds of them just to get these articles. You can get them right on the internet, print them out, read them. They're they're really good, and there's tons of them. So I can't wait to delve into some more of them. But it's rockbackstages.com if you want to do this. I highly recommend it for Todd fans because it's got some great stuff. And of course, if you like other music, there's just you name it. I bet they're in there. If they're in the you know rock and roll, pop, that type of music. I don't know if you guys. Uh, venture outside of that. We do. We do venture outside. There's, there's, we try to cover as many genres as we can. So there's everything from you know, R&B and jazz to uh, world music, you name it. Uh, we're fairly Catholic in our taste there. So uh, Rock's Back Pages is, just, is a use, useful kind of denominator, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a big umbrella. What, the article that I, I mentioned, it was in Mojo in February of 98, is actually titled Go Ahead, Ignore Me. It is the best Todd read ever. you got to check it out. Whether you are a Todd expert or not, you will find something and you will learn something in that article. It's, it's the best I've ever seen. I'm very excited to have you on to talk about that here. Also, you were working on a book about Tom Waits. Is that finished? It is finished. Yeah, thank you for asking. I, I have just finished it. It's probably two years' work. Finally uh, come to a, a close. And... Um, yeah, that was that was a that was a 
uh, that was a lot of work, and um, uh, I'm pleased with the results. It'll come out next spring, and um, and that's his 60th year on planet Earth. So it seems a, a good as time, a time as any to uh, uh, publish a book on Tom. Excellent. Maybe you need to get on Todd because it's his 60th birthday this year as well. Is it this year or next year? It's this year, isn't it? This June, yeah, next month. It's, yeah. But Hard really, to imagine him at 60 somehow, but yeah. there we go. <laughs> yeah, he's still rocking, but your article is basically, in my opinion, it's a great book. Thank it's, you. Yeah, it's like a book. It's just, it, you know, it cuts down to the chase, and it covers a lot of time periods of Todd's. And speaking of, one article I think people will appreciate here that listen to this show, because they're, they're, most of them are the hardcore Todd fans, and not all Todd fans and not all people understand or get a wizard, a true star. And in 2003, in March, you wrote an article titled, He Put a Spell on Me, The True Stardom of Todd Rundgren. And you made a case that A Watts, A Wizard of True Star, was the best album of all time. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, sometimes you've got to stick your neck out and, 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 and say something bold and maybe controversial. Um, but, I mean, to me, it, it, it's, um, it's certainly as good as any of the usual contenders or candidates. And I think in, in terms of it's just courage and daring and experimentalism and it's just sheer sort of sonic uh uh wizardry you know i i i think it i mean to, to me it is the, the most um extraordinary just musical journey ever captured on um you know originally two sides of a vinyl long playing album i think it's an, an extraordinary journey and um just full of it's it's just so um such a kind of eclectic mix of styles and moods and transitions um well you know you don't need me to tell you doug i mean i i think i think it's um you know whether or not it's todd's best album it's it's certainly as good as you know you know revolver or or forever changes or pat sounds or uh exile on main street or um i don't know what you know current what the sort of current canon of like best albums ever made is or what it'd be interesting to me to know what most you know hardcore todd rungren fans thought apart from todd's albums you know what were the best uh albums of all time you know but anyway so that was yeah i just you know, I've been listening to that album, you know, ever since it came out. It, it, I, I always love to hear it. It always astonishes me. Um, and um, so, yeah, I thought, what the hell, let's just, let's let's put that out there. And uh, I, I, I remember I got a very nice email from Todd's wife about a week later saying that um, it was appreciated in the Rungren camp. So that that was nice to know. Yeah, awesome. So Todd was reading it, and Michelle... I don't, I, I don't know, I assume... I mean, I don't know if Todd was reading it. Certainly Michelle read it, and she said her kids read it, and, you know, and so that 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 was nice. Excellent. All right, A Wizard of True Star, you folks listening know what that is. The chat room is open, by the way. If you want to talk to Barney, you got just a few minutes. He can't stay with us too long. It's 646-716-9262. I'm going to keep him on as long as I can until he tells me he's got to go. So I want to ask you something else about that article. This is the topic I was really hoping to talk to you about, and I've uh, been trying to get you on for a while, and I know you were doing the book, so pleased to have you today again. This is a, uh, you said in there that Todd, when reviewing the, the uh, Watts or the story about it, should have been the biggest thing to happen in the 70s, 
but it's just too complex for lasting pop success. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, to me, he had all the credentials and ingredients to be um, the sort of, like a kind of David Bowie, if you like, somebody, a sort of, I don't know, a kind of David Bowie meets Neil Young figure, unifying all the strands of what was going on in pop and rock in that decade. Um, he certainly had the intelligence and the vision and the sheer musical talent to be, you know, a bigger star than than you know, than anyone in that decade, I think. But maybe the problem for Todd is that he was just too um, smart, too aware to even take rock and roll seriously enough. Um, I always feel that, you know, rather like a Frank Zappa perhaps, you know, that he, he just, he saw uh, rock and roll for the kind of, in some case, some ways, kind of rather idiotic game that it is and uh, he just couldn't really buy into what it would have taken to make him a superstar he was he he kind of was his own worst enemy in some ways um and and i think you know behind that perhaps what you would say is that Actually, maybe he didn't want to be a, a, a superstar. Uh, you know, there, there are there are people who definitely have that in their sights. That's what they want. They want to get to the very top, and they want to spend their lives in limousines and and you know the top stories of of, of hotels with their own elevators and all of that. And I don't think ultimately Todd was interested in that or could take that seriously enough to take it on as, as a project. And, um, so, you know, and, and bless him for that, really. Uh, he will rem remain, I think, you know, one of the great sort of cult figures of American rock. Um, and it's always gratifying to me when, you know, somebody comes out of the woodwork every sort of few years and, and, and uh, names him as a, as, as a, a sort of secret hero and, and um, you know, combat the idea of Todd as some sort of crazed, sort of progressive nutcase, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I always think, you know, God, the people who pigeonhole him on the basis of, of, of complete ignorance and just assume that Todd Rundgren is something that he isn't, when they actually listen to those records, and they kind of realize, my God, this guy was, was easily as good as as, as as Bowie in his in his prime, or you know, or or, or Neil Young, or, or or any other sort of major or cult hero from from I don't know the late '60s through through the '70s, and you know everyone struggled a bit in the '80s. I think everyone who was great in the '70s struggled a bit in the '80s, and and Todd was no exception, you know. Um, but he still made some you know, terrific records like Nearly Human and, um, and, and, you know, I think continues to be fascinating. Uh, you know, I don't like, I don't like everything he's done in the last sort of 10, 15 years, but, uh, I'll, my, my ears will always be open for him. Well, being the music aficionado that you are, you, you ironically, you picked the two albums that you can find on Rock's back pages are Watts and With a Twist. And what those two have in common is they're both 
messages to the record business and whoever had Todd signed at that time that I'll do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> yes. And you like both of those. And those are the ones that the record companies might argue hurt him, but the real music fans absolutely, or at least Todd fans, love those two CDs or two yes. records. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, it's kind of a, you know, he did it his way, and, and a lot of people appreciate that, but the masses probably don't. And, uh, you know, he had his hits, though, and did everything. You know, he's, he's done that as well and had the limos when he was with the NAS. So yeah. he's done it all. And you've got a um, ten reasons why you like to watch, which we'll talk about, you know, once you're off. I'm going to go over that with everybody since I know you've got limited time. But uh, what else has been going on with you? Anything else you got uh, big well, going on right now? You know, I was really in a kind of Tom Waits tunnel for a few months there, trying to trying to finish this book. So I wasn't thinking about a lot else. So I've, I've I've come out of that. I'm a kind of free man again. Um, so really, I'm uh, Rock's Back Pages is going to be my focus for the next year, doing what I can to build and develop the um, the business really, um, and that includes trying to establish sort of uh, relationships with. Uh, you know other music sites uh, and so forth. I mean, we license content here and there, um, and um, you know we, we have uh, we have we have a lot of opportunities to uh, to do stuff with the vast amount of content that we have there. So that that's what I'm going to be focusing on. I'm really not planning to do another book for a while. Although somewhere in the back of my mind, um, you know, is is um, an idea for a book about Woodstock as as a as a town, not the festival, but uh, Woodstock, the the music town, this strange little um, place in uh, in New York State, um, which of course you know was home to Todd for for a good number of years. Um, it, I lived there for about four years. It's a fascinating place to me, and um, there can't be many such small. Places that have been home to, you know, Bob Dylan, Van Morrison, the band, Todd Rundgren, you know, you, you know, all of those guys um, on, 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 you know, Hendrix lived up there for a while, Albert Grossman, obviously, Dylan's manager, and then through to, I don't know, people like Marshall Cranshaw and, and so forth, and Todd had a, had a studio and did a bunch of things up there and a video studio so all of that it's a fascinating little place to write about and um so maybe maybe one day i i might kind of uh, have a look at that as, as, as a sort of possibility well yeah um, as a matter of fact i think it was last night maybe tonight but i think it was last night chasm sultan played there and it was kind of an introduction to i believe it's a meatloaf movie or video that's coming out. It had something to do with Meatloaf. But they Is were that right? Woodstock, New York, yeah. Great. <laughs> it's this weekend at some point. Yeah. Well, there you go. But it's, still, it's still going. You're gonna, you, 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 uh, you'll have to write all the way up until 2008, maybe. If you do that. I think it is still going. I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing like it was, but you still have musicians living up there, and uh, you know, obviously next year is the anniversary of the festival, and, and so, you know, it, it, it's, an, it's, it's an amazing place, and... Um, so that's that, that's something maybe to think about for the future, but uh, yeah, right now I'm sure you're, you don't want to think about writing a book. <laughs> no, absolutely not. The last last thing I want to think about. So um, gotcha. yeah, there's certain people I want to write I want to write about. You know, I'd like to do some some long articles on. I mean, maybe it's not as long as the Todd piece, but um, one of Todd's real heroes, or should we say heroines, Laura Nero, is someone that I I think is a really under recognized. Uh, genius of, of American pop, and um, 
I'd like to do something about her because I'm just amazed by her records. Um, right at the moment, I'm just in a, I'm in a kind of major uh, Nero phase, and you know, it's interesting. You hear these, you hear her piano chords, and you, you know, you, you you hear them in Todd's certainly early early records so much. She's so influenced as as, as a melodist by by Laura Nero. So that's um that's that's someone I'd really like to write about. There's, there's, there's a very good biography of her, so I don't think she requires an, another book. But I, I, I'd like to write about her. So another, so, yeah, an article like that would definitely interest Todd fans. I know that for sure. Now, where would you put this article? Though? What magazine are you involved with? Now? I don't know. Well, you know, I, I do stuff now for uh, Uncut, which is like Mojo's rival, and, uh, and and a few other places and some American. Uh, magazines, but I, I, I don't suppose you'd ever get. I don't think there's any way you could write a thirteen thousand word article anymore. So we'd probably have to confine it to, you know, maximum four or five thousand words. But I, I, you know, to a certain artist, I just feel like I really want to, you know, you really want to get the word out about about someone like Laura Nero because people should um, people should know how great she was. You know, someone like Joni Mitchell gets gets you know continues to get so much adulation, but. You never hear anybody talk about Laura Nero. Yes, exactly. But uh, well, you do in the Todd world a lot. <laughs> you know, yeah. he mentioned her in one of his songs on Runt, uh, on the first album that he did, and everybody pretty much that follows him knows that she was a big influence. But you're right. Uh, other than that, uh, you don't see a whole lot. And that'd be a great article. I'd love to read that. And I'll tell you another one you might want to consider. <laughs> this is more of a beat writer type story. But I don't know if you're aware of this. Todd is having fans and you know people that uh have been involved with him musically as well go out to his house next month for his 60th birthday yeah have a big campery party where people camp in his property uh, behind his house and then they're going to have a concert to launch his new arena rock album which is going to be uh coming out this summer apparently and it's uh, according to michelle it's sounding really nice so anyway, how fantastic that, well that's a, that's a something you I mean, you know a lot of musicians. You've been around in, the, in this, that business a long time. Have you ever heard of anybody doing something like that, or anywhere even close to doing something like that? Well, I don't. Maybe, maybe Willie Nelson down in uh, in Texas. He used to have his his picnics every summer. Um, uh, but no, outside of that, I can't really think of anything like that. No. That one, no. <laughs> I'd love to be there. <laughs> I wish you could come out. That'd be great. Yeah, everybody yeah. to meet you. It's going to be something else. I just can't believe. Uh, you know, you think about most groups, you just would never see something like that. No. But I was going to ask you if your favorite song, I noticed in your article, the the one, of course, this was several years ago, the Go Ahead and Ignore Me, that your favorite Todd song was Cliché. Is that still the case? It probably is. It probably is, you know. Um, but I also have a, a, you know, I have a soft spot for... Um, uh, Takes two to tango. I don't know why. You know, I don't know maybe whether that's that's just one of my absolute favorites. Um, I think you know. Uh, and do you know what? I really, as 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 kind of in some ways trite as it might seem to some people, I, I really I think love is the answer. I think it's one of the most you know beautiful, moving songs ever written. Normally, songs like that I just can't stand, but somehow that one, you know, it's just it's just absolutely. Uh, it, it really gets to the heart of uh, of the human predicament, I think. So, um, you know, there's a few. But I mean, Mike, I don't know where to start. You know, with Todd, there's there's, there's like you know, 50 songs that are like 50 of my favorite songs ever by anybody. You know, 
I, I think he has um, a higher quota of kind of um, masterpiece songs, probably than even the Beatles relative to the amount that he's actually, you know, released over the years. Excellent. Well, I know I've taken more of your time than you had given me, but I do have one caller that I wanted to take, if that's all right with you. Of course. No, you can have a bit more time. I'm, I'm okay. not tearing off anywhere. Okay, great. Just let me know when you're, when you're hmm. ready. Otherwise, I'm going to... I will. This thing will... Time flies when you get on here. We'll yeah. talk to you forever if you let us. All right. We got a call from... Well, there you go. We got a call from Dallas, Texas. Hi, everybody. This is Mel. Hey, Mel. Hello, Mel. Hey, Barney. Uh, I wanted to ask you how how you got started writing about music in particular. Um, I got started just really through wanting to be a writer uh, on the one hand and being passionate about music on the other, and those two things just came together. Um, so I... Uh, the the uh, boring details are that I I met a guy in New York in uh, late oh god it would have been about 1979 and um, he said when you he he wrote for Melody Maker a, a magazine a weekly called Melody Maker and he said when you get back to London go see Richard Williams at Melody Maker and um, maybe he can commission a few things from you. Anyway, so that, that got, I got underway there. I was probably like 20 years old or something. So I started doing reviews for Melody Maker uh, for a wonderful guy, Richard Williams, who remains one of my real like mentors and one of the great writers and editors of uh, rock journalism. Okay. Well, hey, who was your first interview that you actually did outside of doing a review of an album or whatever well uh the first i think technically probably the first interview i did was with a, a forgotten like mod revival band called secret affair who were briefly big hits. but then the biggest then i started writing for new musical express or the nme as it's better known and i did an interview uh, with a, with Maurice White of Earth, Wind and Fire, so that that was probably like the, the first real interview I did. And my God, I, did, I had no idea what I was doing, you know. So that was a real being thrown in the deep end. I mean, they were very big at that point, and it was a bit daunting, you know, going into this big hotel suite with with this guy. Um, so I could have probably been a good better idea to start with, you know, something a bit more low key. But there you go. It, it 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 got me underway. Oh, that's kind of cool. Kind of like that movie, Almost Famous. A little bit. I felt very much like that little kid. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they should make a movie about you. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> monkeys might fly. I think that's very <laughs> unlikely. But uh, <laughs> thank you for the suggestion. And feel free to pitch it to any major movie studio. There you go. You got plenty of to read. Uh, if you want to read about Barney, you can read plenty of his stuff. That's for sure on that rock back pages because there is a handful of it. Way too much. Oh, <laughs> right. Well, listen, I just had those those couple of questions. I hope you guys have a nice rest of the day. Thanks, Mel. Nice talking to you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye, Mel. Well, she doesn't have much of a Dallas, Texas accent, does she? No, you have more of one. <laughs> That's right, because I'm from Alabama. Are you from Alabama? Well, yeah. I've been to Alabama. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. My first book was about southern soul music, and I, I made a pilgrimage down to uh, Muscle Shoals, which was 
a big um, obsession of mine, Muscle Shoals, Alabama. I wrote a whole book about the the soul scene down there, and uh, yeah, that was my some of my first book. Muscle Shoals near Florence. Well, Alabama's got. Where are you from in Alabama, Doug? I'm in Birmingham. You're in Birmingham. Okay, you know, Randy Newman's song, of course. Um, I did briefly go through Birmingham, but um, I was I was mainly around Florence and Muscle Shoals. And I guess I don't keep up with it as much, but I guess we still have pro- arguably the most popular country band of all time, Alabama. Uh, of course. Yeah. Of course, indeed. Yep. Uh, but Hank Williams was uh, born in Montgomery, Alabama. So, um, you know, Alabama has a, a lot to answer for country-wise. Sure, you can tour Hank's house if you come here. You can go to Alabama's, uh, you know, they have a little store and, I don't know, kind of walk of fame type situation yeah. down there in Fort Payne, Alabama. Speaking yeah. of, of fame, you keep up much with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah sort of vaguely. I mean, I did, did you know, I did, uh, I did wrote something for their program a couple of years ago when they, in, um, when they in, in, initiate, what, what is the, what, what do they call it when they initiate someone into the Hall of Fame? Inducted. Uh, inducted, that's it. Inducted uh, Herb Alpert and Jerry Moss, and I did a, I did a piece on, uh, uh, on A and M Records. Um, so uh, yeah, I know some of some of the folks involved with that. What what do you think when you hear the kind of groups that are getting in that thing? Are you in agreement with that, or do you think it's a little strange sometimes, like we do? <laughs> yeah, I think like everybody, I, I I I find it bewildering how some people are in there and others don't even just get overlooked year after year. It doesn't make much sense to me. Um, but you know, I think things like that are just always bound to breed controversy and uh, people get all up in arms and you know um, uh, I don't suppose Todd's going to get in there anytime soon but you know one can but hope yeah well I don't think he cares really I'm sure he doesn't care very much <laughs> but it would be nice <laughs> to see him recognized you know. yeah might help people so you wouldn't always hear Todd who but, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so now you've interviewed Todd a few times I- I'm assuming maybe just once face to face the one in San Francisco or was yeah, the 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 the, the time I spent um, that was that was I think the only time that I've I've been with him. But I mean, it was a hell of an experience because I was with him for you know like two or three days really, and um, you know uh, we made a trip up to Petaluma and 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 back, and you know there was there was a lot of time spent with him. And then the, the main like interview. I mean, I'll never forget it. I sat down, I turned on a tape recorder, and we just sat there, him on one couch and me on another, for four straight hours. Um, he didn't stop talking for four hours, and his recall was just incredible. He was so lucid and articulate and eloquent and um, fascinating, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm really among the four or five most intelligent musicians I've, I've ever met in my life. And... Um, yeah, it was, I just got so much stuff, uh, you know, and then of course there's tons of great stuff I couldn't use in the piece, so it doesn't have room. Um, so, but it is all there on the audio, you know, so you, I think you can hear most of it. So there's a bunch of stuff that didn't make it into the piece that you can hear Todd um, talking about. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was fantastic. I mean, this guy was a real hero of mine, you know, from, from when I was like, 13 hearing I saw the light on the radio for the first time and then 
And then uh, I went to see him at Hammersmith Odeon in London in 1975, and that just completely blew my mind. Uh, one of the greatest gigs I've ever seen. And, um, yeah, I was really pretty obsessive. I saw him like a year later um, at the New Victoria when Faithful had come out. And, and uh, you know, I was with Todd all the way right right through that, that journey. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I just thought he was—I thought he was the greatest. They meant more to me than the Beatles and and, and Bowie and and you know a, a whole lot of others. You know, um, you know, uh, probably my my favorite solo artist of all time. Yeah, I may have some listeners confused because I thought you did that in Hawaii. Then when I picked it back up today, I realized that I was wrong. That was in San Francisco. He was just in San Francisco. Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> And then we drove we drove up to Petaluma and he did a show there. And I think I was in San Francisco in all for sort of three or four days and I saw him do two shows and, and just spent a lot of time with him. And um I felt like I you know, I mean, you know, it was was one one of the few cases really in my career where I felt like I, I you know, I really did get to know somebody uh a little bit. Um because I mean as you can imagine, normally it's a case of, you know, you're in a hotel room for maybe a couple of hours if you're lucky. Um, so, I mean, this, this, it was good. I, I hope he felt it was worthwhile. I think, you know, uh, I mean, I'd, we, we had made our case that we were going to do a really serious, in-depth profile, and we really wanted to kind of look at everything and every aspect of his career. You know, he was he was uh, very gracious in, in, uh, in giving up time, and it was just really nice not to just sit there, just to have that face-to-face, but to actually travel with him and talk to him and see him around other people and um i remember people came backstage up in petaluma jenny Muldoor, maria's daughter uh came by and said hello and and uh you know do a kind of encounters like that so there were lots of there's lots of kind of local flavor and detail that i could work into the piece right you you so apparently you knew it was going to be a long story before you went down and you convinced him that to let him go ahead and do that and really most of the Todd interviews and articles you see, and a lot of people say he's, he doesn't like to talk about his private life too much, but you did get some of that out of him, including you know history with his father, which was very interesting in that article. So it was a, a good life story, and, and you know to get yeah, I was you know I was very moved by what he was that, at that time. I was myself thinking an awful lot about. You know about childhood and parenting, and and you know how um, you know different generations see uh, things like parenting in different ways. And you know it was just really interesting to hear Todd. I mean the phrase still sticks in my mind. He used the phrase the legacy of bad fathers or something. I mean you know uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth, particularly about his own family or whatever. But he was just. It was really interesting hearing him talk about um, the way he'd been brought up and about, you know, a, a dysfunctional childhood, essentially, you know. And, and uh, you know, there are millions of people with dysfunctional childhoods, but it was interesting to hear someone that intelligent uh, reflect on um, how he was trying to do things differently and, um, you know, trying to be a different kind of dad. So it was all really interesting to me. Yeah, always, because you have two choices to go down when you look at your parents. If you have something you disagree with them on, or there's something that's not maybe 
seen as normal. You can either become like them or you can just go completely the opposite direction. Those are your choices, and he he, he chose as far as raising his boys to be different. Yeah. And that's always a, you know a good story. And so that that's something I think was different and unique to the article as well. So and it was coming from his mouth, you know, versus assumptions sure. and guesses. So it was quite the article. And, and uh, how did you how did you convince him to let you do that? Well, I think I mean what I do remember, um, if I think back, it was I spent quite a lot of time um, talking with um, his his managers, like his road manager, uh, and emailing her and. You know, so there was kind of just building up some trust and trying to get her to understand um, what we wanted to do. We really wanted to make it a big, meaty thing and with lots of pictures and so forth. And um, so it was kind of getting her on side. Um, and then I think, you know, she she saw that I was, you know, working in good faith and, and uh, that I was a real fan. I really knew my stuff. And... Um, I think, yeah, she was able to convince Todd that it was worth doing more than just meeting a journalist for an hour, you know, um, to actually spend some time and, you know, uh, and it clearly I think, you know, he wanted, uh, with a twist to, to get the best sort of shot that it could and, and saw that Mojo was probably a useful place for people to, to, to find out a bit more about him. So, so it all worked out really well. It was, you know, it was a really good experience for me and, and, um, you know, it wasn't one of those experiences where you're kind of um, disappointed or disillusioned by someone who you've, you know, really admired. You know, um, he didn't let me down in, in the least. He was, he was uh, fascinating and funny and 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 uh, incredibly intelligent and um, you know, just stimulating, incredibly stimulating company. I just thought, you know, this guy's like way brighter than I'll ever be, and you know, he's someone you really can learn from. Would have made a great, like a 60-minute segment, you know, TV show segment too. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> One of the clips, you know, yeah, would have been nice. Yeah. Not that the articles, you know, it's better to read and have a permanent record, but it would be nice to see some of it as well. But the, one of the things I thought was very funny, and we picked on her about it a little bit, because we had Mary Lou Arnold on, the, on one of our shows. Yeah. And uh, uh, you say in there that sometimes he used to uh, <laughs> have like a megaphone and bark at her direction, you know, <laughs> yell at her in the back seat when she was driving him around. Did you get to see some of this? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, yeah, I mean, in a hysterical double act, you know, it was very funny. Uh I was in. I, I just like I recall being in the back seat, and uh, I think Mary Lou was. Oh, it probably says in the article. I guess Mary Lou was driving, and uh, yeah, Mary Lou would have been driving, and, and Todd was in the passenger seat, and, and yeah, I mean they just they were, they were very funny together, and she just put up with his eccentricities, and um, you know we made this stop in Sausalito where he went to see this guy doing his website. I mean, you know, the internet was still fairly primitive back then. So, you know, things were going wrong with Todd's site, I think, at that time. And, you know, my God, it's the stone age of the internet, really, when you think about it. And, of course, you know, he had, his, he had a lot of stuff on his, on his power book at that time, and he had a lot of his backing tracks on there. So his backing band essentially was his laptop. You know, and and that of course malfunctioned in 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 the gig. You know, he kind of <laughs> he, hit, he hit play and like nothing happened, and you know, it was, you know, funny to think back to it now. Yeah, sounds like some of my radio shows here. So uh, <laughs> now, what do you remember? What kind of car y'all were driving? 
That I don't. I'll be honest with you. Uh, just I don't recall. It wasn't any kind of particularly interesting car. I think it maybe it was even a rental car of Mary Mary Lou's, and she may have rented something. Okay. Um, I, I, it's in my memory, it's pretty characterless uh, automobile. Now you talked to. Sally Grossman. Did did you ever meet Albert Grossman, or was that? No, I never met Albert. Albert was long gone um, when I moved to Woodstock. So uh, his ghost sort of haunted the 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 the, the, the mountains and back streets. But uh, I never met him. I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure I'd have wanted to meet him. He always struck me as a pretty fearsome character. But. Uh, Sally was very gracious, and it was it was really good to talk with her about Todd and just get some get her memories of what you know Todd was like when he was you know just a kid hanging around Woodstock and kind of engineering stage fright and things like that. You know, um, all of that really fascinated me, and just this idea of Todd as kind of Grossman's golden boy, this kind of wunderkind figure who who um, you know everybody wanted to work with, and you know. Just the new genius on the block kind of thing. So it was really interesting to get Sally's take on all that. Now, did you talk to her on the phone, or did you get to meet with her? No, I had lunch with her at the at the at the, um, at the Bear uh, restaurant. I think it was just the Little Bear, which is like the kind of was then the little Chinese restaurant that that uh, was next to the Bear, uh, which was a really good restaurant. We were, I used to kind of eat quite regularly when, when I could afford it, but it was a really nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice place, and uh, yeah, Sally, you know, Sally, after some persuasion, um, agreed to come um, have lunch with me and talk about Todd. And it was, it was, it was great. It was interesting. I mean, my God, that, that woman, you know, as, as I'm sure you and others know, is on the cover of Dylan's "Bring It All Back Home" album, and and uh, you know, she was a real witness to not just sort of Dylan and everything else like Todd around Bearsville, but you know, just. Uh, she really saw, uh, you know, rock, the whole kind of rock counterculture sort of unfolding at first hand. So she's an inter- really interesting person. Definitely a history book. So yeah. Paul Fishkin, you talked to him on the phone? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. He was great. Um, yeah, good guy. And he, he, you know, he's, he's the guy who really felt that Todd could be you know, one of the one of the sort of dominant superstars of, of the era, if he'd wanted to be, um, and saw you know Todd put spokes in his own wheels, really, um, and um, yeah, and then of course you know, um, uh, Liv Tyler's mom, what's her name again? Bebe, the great Bebe, who I've you know I've spoken to many times over the years about a number of things, and. Uh, yeah, BB is fascinating about Todd, and, and um, so that was all really interesting too. Yeah, so I mean, you had you covered so many areas. You even started with the Nads, and uh, you know the whole story about, um, I guess, quote unquote, the manager suicide. And it sure. Goes way back, all the way up until, of course, I guess, with the twist. What of all those time periods and all the things you talked about? What grabbed your attention the most, or was the most fascinating to you in the whole conversation? Um. I, you know, I don't know, just, uh, well, finding out maybe a bit more about was it a true star, yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah. you know, um, and the making of that record and sort of tore the, you know, out of his brain on acid, making all this music. I mean, you know, uh, Todd's a fascinating character. I mean, one interesting, I remember one of the, one of the phone interviews I did for the piece was with Patty Smith, and um, 
you know, she was and she said, you know, Todd, Todd and I kind of bonded because we were the only ones who weren't doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, and to some extent, it's true, you know, Todd was a bit like Frank Zappa, and, you know, he didn't, he really wanted to stay sort of clear-headed and focused uh, a lot. But anyway, but it certainly did, he certainly did, did acid, and, and uh, just as a sort of experiment, I think. And that, um, and that, uh, you know, you, oh my God, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what you can call Wizard of True Star a psychedelic album. I mean, it's not psychedelic in the sense that, uh, uh, you know, Sergeant Pepper is psychedelic. As I mean, it just it's it, but it, but it is. Um, well, it's certainly. I don't know what you say, cosmic. I mean, you know, it's. Um, it's a yeah. So I was fascinated to read about about that and the making of that record and just. Um, you know what else? Um, well, that album cover may be what makes people think it's psychedelic. It yeah, it's a sort of exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, but I mean, Todd. You know, the thing about Todd is you really can't. You can't really categorize them along the standard lines of, of uh, rock history. You can't say he's a psychedelic artist. You can't say he's, you know, a stadium rock artist, a punk rock artist. He's, you know, he, he's he is just so kind of eclectic. He he really um, defined his own sort of genre, I think. And maybe maybe that's his, ultimately his undoing that that, that, he, that the the marketplace couldn't pigeonhole him. You know, he was just too. He just spanned too many different areas. Exactly. And in, in the, going back to the drugs, it was in your article about the Woody's truck stop, so you're even pre-NAS, where that had a little bit to do with why he left, or maybe a lot to do with why he left. Sure. Because that's, that kind of became more important to them, yeah. some of them, not all of them, uh, than, it, than the music. So you could see right there at a young age he was interested and had a career path set that he was going to be in the music business. Yeah. And that he knew you know, n- not to make some type of mistake that's going to keep him out or to focus on something else. Well, you know, he's, he's a real artist. And, and, and you know, probably 90% of guys get into, you know, uh, uh, get into rock or pop music, you know, for, 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 the, for the girls and the drugs and the kudos. <laughs> and, you know, Todd was really serious about what he wanted to do with the form. And, um, you know, that sets him apart from, from most of his contemporaries. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. So you might can shed some light on this. I've always been interested in this. I think it works in all dynamics, so in business everywhere. But you've met so many musicians. What is it about some of them that they just can't appreciate or understand that they're not the most talented in the group and that they should probably just take a back seat and, and ride the wave and enjoy the benefits of being with somebody that is, you know, a legend in the making? Do you, do you see that a lot with some of the, you know, the, the people in a band who just aren't exactly the front and center guy. Well, of course, you know that 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 that's happened so often um, in music, and it's and it's um, broken up so many bands. You know, it's rare that you'll get a group where where everyone sort of knows his place or her place, and they're happy with their role, and they accept that somebody else may have better ideas and better songs and, and 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 so forth so yeah i mean that's that's um that's just a sort of classic you know the thing is you know most most people get into bands when they're really young and really immature and they haven't grown up and they don't even know who the hell they are you know it's a, it's a wonder most bands last more than six months frankly you know um so um 
you know, uh, it's really nice when you see uh, people grow up a bit later and, 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 and learn to deal with their differences a little bit better, you know. I mean, I'm thinking of, 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 you know, I saw a documentary on The Who the other day, and it just it was really touching to me to see the respect that, that, that you know, Townsend and Daltrey have for each other now after all these years, you know, when, when you know, of course, we used to hear all the stories about them fighting backstage and, and, and all of that, you know. Um, so it's really good when people grow up. I always think Todd was, was you know, more grown up than most <laughs> most young male uh, rock stars. Well, some folks say, uh, he may, uh, this may actually have come from his mouth, that he was, when he was younger, he was pretty socially inept. Uh, but he doesn't seem to be that way anymore. It doesn't seem like, I mean, they got us tons of interviews, and when you listen to him, he seems you know, like a very nice, you know, reasonable person. I mean, and you obviously had a great experience interviewing with him, so yeah. you know, a lot of it is probably youth, and then you just eventually, you know, time, start figuring these things out. Yeah. Some things aren't worth fighting over. you got to pick your battles. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, but, you know, another battle area we talk about a lot is with these record companies, and Todd's a great example, but I don't know any band that isn't. I don't know any band that's got one record label, and they stick with them forever. Without no. some ugly breakup, it just happens so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure, you know, again, sort of Todd. Uh, Todd was predicting, you know, the 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 state that the record industry is in now a long time ago. He could see all this coming and was doing, you know, like someone like Prince, he was doing his own thing and reaching out to his own fans through through the net and so forth. I mean, you know, he was he was sort of way ahead. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not saying that's necessarily served him. I don't. Know, I don't know how well it served him commercially. I mean, I'm not. I just have no idea. You know, I, I, at the end of the day, something that Todd said to me, you know, it sticks in my mind when I think about him, which is, you know, whenever he's got like a whole bunch of money for whatever it might be, like bath out of hell or something, you know, he just go, he just goes and spends it, you know, on on something that just amuses him, you know, and, 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 and he just, you know, he's not interested in money for its own sake, and, and quite right too, you know, if he, if he has money, he wants to just, you know, do something interesting and, and experimental with it, um, so, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I, so I don't really know, you know, the, the current state of, you, you probably know better than I, you know, Todd, Todd's career and, 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 and all of that, but he seems happy, you know, he's living in a beautiful place. I mean, you know, um, as somebody said, you know, uh, define success, you know, uh, what's, what's successful for one man may be um, the very, may, may not seem successful at all to somebody else, you know, at the end of the day. Um, you know, success is you know peace of mind and, and contentment, and uh, and and uh, you can't measure that in dollars and cents. Yeah, his comment. They actually interviewed him in a show in Minnesota recently when he was touring, and they had quoted Paul Fishkin saying that you know Todd always wanted to be successful and all that. He said, no, no, he misunderstands what what that means, and mm. you know he's not a musician, etc. But basically, he said the bottom line is this. I'm 60 years old and I'm still in the music business, and that says a lot. I'm sure. still making money in the music business at yeah. 60 years old, you know, and that does say a lot. That's a nasty yeah. business, yeah. As, as you well know. And the and the wild thing about it is, 
how much it's changing, and, and this applies to even your website, the, the Rock's back pages. Mm. Now it's just so easy to, for lack of a better term, steal things on the internet, download music, you know, um, you know, yeah. copy articles, and all these different yeah. things to where it's getting tougher for musicians. Uh, to make a living, it's also getting tougher probably for people who are trying to keep things copyrighted from getting those out there and people actually purchase them. It's got to be complicated. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. The whole, the whole, you know, someone tore up the rule book and everybody's trying to figure out what, where the hell we go from here. You know, <laughs> um, you know so, um, but you know, I think at the end of the day. You know, as you say, as long as you know, if you're at the age of 60, you're still able to uh, perform and you still enjoy writing and performing your music and people, you know, want to come along and see and pay for that, then, you know, then um, you're doing something right. Yes. I mean, if you're not enjoying it anymore or if it's become a source of, of, of bitterness and recrimination and... And envy and, and and all that stuff, then you know, then then get out of it. Um, you know, I, I I think you know, I, I think the real philosophy is that you know, at the end of the day, you're making the music for yourself, and if anybody else likes it, then great, you know. But you're making it because you feel compelled to to make it. I said that to any writer, you know, you, 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 at the end of the day, anybody writing, anybody reading your stuff, that's just a bonus, you know, that is a bonus. Uh, great if it happens, but you know, um, if you are not going to write unless anybody else reads you, then you're not a writer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All these blogs, some people may not read some of them, but they're writing, they're writing them every day in some cases, and some of them are popular. It all just depends. So why would you, um, you know, at this point, uh, is it not uh, financially, I guess, a, a good advantage to just put your articles out there and have advertisers support it? Is there just not enough of those out there? Were interested? Well, you know, we 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 are addressing that, and certainly, I mean, if we were launching WhatsApp pages now, then we we probably would launch it as a free site. Um, we're looking at um, creating a kind of free area of the site, um, but the thing is, you know, where our core business is, is you know, is is sort of subscriptions, academic subscriptions, and so forth, and that seems oh, to yeah. be really taking yeah. off. So. You know, uh, I think for us to make everything free now would would be to shoot ourselves in the foot. Sure. Uh, I find you know advertising in the, in the end is, is is unpredictable, and rather go with a more kind of predictable, solid revenue stream. You know, so right. but we're we're looking to have a kind of more magazine-y component of the site, which looks at you know current affairs and releases and what's really going on in the here and now, as opposed to back pages, and and. We're looking to support that with advertising. Yeah, that so that that, that is something we're 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 going to be doing fairly soon. Yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a real nice service. That'd be more like Rock's front page. Yeah, and I, and I, uh, Academia is different. You know, Beast they have to be real careful about following copyrights and everything. So that is a good business. That's what yeah. you're saying on that end. But yeah, it'd be nice to see some current stuff from y'all as well because definitely the articles from the past are just wonderful. But I'm sure there's room for more new ones and some good ones. And again, it's Rock. Rocksbackpages.com, and you can get some really good Todd articles from articles about him being a producer to articles about his whole life story, pretty much, reviews, 
Uh, it's fascinating, and they go way back. We have, we have a little bit. Uh, we we have just as a sort of taste that we do have like a few free articles every week, so people can get some idea of what what, what it's like and what's in there. Um, so every uh, every week we feature. We're just about to. Uh, feature something on Dennis Wilson, um, some articles on Dennis Wilson. So, you know, you can read a few things free, and, and if you kind of like, um, if you like what you see and you like the way that the site's constructed, and I think it's it's very easy to kind of navigate and find your way around, and um, then I think it is worth it. Like you say, you know, you pay, you know, how, how many, like $13 or something for an issue with Mojo, uh, an issue of Mojo that has maybe five articles in it. And, and this, this is, we're, we're talking nearly 13,000 pieces. Um, so, you know, if you really care about music, then there's, there's a hell of a lot. To, <laughs> You're going to find something. There's a, lot, <laughs> there's a lot there, yeah. I would have paid, now that I know about it, I, I think it's, uh, I really do, I think it could be a book. You know, it's the... The article, Go Ahead, Ignore Me, that Barney did is worth the money to subscribe to Rock Bay. The rest is just bonus. Just get it for that, if anything. If you want to know about Tide from day one on, that is the article to read. And, of course, there's a book out, but the book didn't have an interview with Todd, and, and I like the book as well. But this is from Todd's perspective, and, you know, um, that makes it a little bit different. And it's a little bit, uh, you know, shorter read as well because it's 13 pages, but it doesn't miss a beat. Very well written. I love it. Well, and you can read it and listen to Todd uh, speaking at the same time. That's right. You get the audio if you subscribe. Very good point. Yeah. <laughs> three different audio clips, and it looks like it's about three hours worth or so. I'm looking it, 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 I'm thinking it is probably about three hours of Todd. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, I, I think it's really good. You know, he says a lot of really interesting things. So. Now, I saw you have a, a page when I was Googling you, getting information. Of course, there was the, the Mog page, and you had... Todd is uh, listed as one of the uh, people, uh, musicians people should listen to. And you had Steely Dan at the top of your list. Are you a big Steely Dan fan of Steely I don't think I had to do that on top of my list just because they were like number one. They're, they're, I just it was like a random order, really. Okay. But uh, yeah, Steely Dan is, is is a major, major passion and obsession of mine. Yeah, <laughs> another another group I think have been unfairly sort of in some ways. Um, uh, uh, pigeonholed in some people's minds is, is this sort of slick studio group. I mean, you know, um, as as, William, as the great uh, cyberpunk writer William Gibson said to me, he said, you know, the thing about Steely Dan is that you know, people miss the whole point. They were they were far more subversive than the Sex Pistols. It just doesn't sound like it. But you know, he's right. You know, yeah. you, you know. <laughs> Um, it's easy to be the Sex Pistols, really. You just crank up the guitar and, and, and sound real loud and snotty, you know. But to do it with, with real intelligence and, and just completely sort of subvert people's um, minds, then, you know, I think that's it's a more lasting and enduring achievement in, in some ways, in some ways, you know. So I think Steely Dan are sort of up there among my 70s heroes with, with Todd, yeah. And they've got a the mention of Alabama in one of their songs. They certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to like Steely Dan. But they had, uh, the Sex Pistols, I mean, I, you know, a lot of people will say Sid Vicious wasn't even a good bass player, really. And I saw that on TV, the, the, the article about him. I totally forgot about, you know, the um, his girlfriend 
get, uh, being murdered and all that. That's just a wild story, but some crazy times back then for sure. And speaking of Alabama, uh, where, where now that we know where I live, where do you live exactly? I know it's obviously. I, I live. I live in. I live in London. I live in Southwest York, London. Okay. I live in near Richmond, which is where the whole kind of R&B boom sort of took off. Uh, the Rolling Stones and so forth. So the, the the uh, railway station and Eel Pie Island and, and so forth. So um, I, I'm, I'm near all of that, the Stones and the Who, um, and um, it's a very, uh, it's a very, it's a lovely part of town to live in. I have to say. I live right on the edge of a, of a big uh, national kind of park called Richmond Park, which is the next best thing to not living in London at all, which would be even better because London has become an impossible place to live now. You know. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's not a real quality of life here anymore. There's too many people, too many cars, and, um, you know. Um, For us, it's too much money. For Americans, it's, you know, it's over twice yeah. the dollar, so we... Oh, it's a, yes, I know. Exchange rates are really, really terrible. So, um, yeah, I know, I know. Well, we should all be coming over to uh, America yeah, and take should. the advantage of the other way around, really. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I went over there in October, and it, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, it was just, yeah, if you look at the pound, and it's about what, if that was the dollar, it would be normal over here. But then you realize you need to multiply that times two or so, yeah. and you go, wow, these beers are going to be over $8 a piece. I know. It kind of sure. hurts your feelings. But we have some U.K. listeners, actually, and uh, I think most of them are too cheap to call in. <laughs> they, I know they're listening. I know they call in. We had Andy Partridge on. We got a couple calls from all over Great. the place. But uh, he was a lot of fun. And so uh, the U.K., there's a lot of Todd fans over there. A couple of them are actually going to the camporee over at Todd's house next month in Hawaii. So, Great. Yeah, a lot of folks over there like Todd Hunter. Well, you know, I mean, this is the thing. Someone like Todd, you know, I, I, the people who are passionate about Todd Rundgren are more passionate than most of the people who are passionate about, I don't know, um, even thinking maybe even a Bruce Springsteen. Because when you really get into someone like Todd, then, then, then I think, you know, it commands a more sort of devoted following yes, than, the, than some bigger act. Yeah, another guy that a lot of the U.K., um, Todd fans get into who I still don't get and understand what the deal is, but Rufus Wainwright, do you like mm-hmm. him? Do, do y'all cover him much of him? Uh, I happen to be a big fan. Yeah, I really, I really like Rufus a lot, um, and I've interviewed him a couple of times, and, and uh, I, I think he's one of the few, you know, like genuinely talented guys out there. I don't, I don't, you know, there's a lot of interesting or outrageous or. Yes. Colorful figures in the world of of, uh, of of pop music today, but I think Rufus has, um, you know, extraordinary talent, and um, you know, just just uh, yeah, he's 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 uh, I, I rate him very high. So where would people read these uh, articles you did with Rufus? Where could they find them? I think this, they're probably on Rock's back pages. To be honest, I mean, most of the okay. stuff that I've done, not most, a good portion of. Uh, the stuff I've spieled out over the years is is, is on there. So we, I think we've got a we've got a good few Rufus pieces there. Yeah. Yeah. So his his stage act is really who he is, or is it different? You think is he a character? Or is that really how he is? Well, you know, that's always a, that's always a tough, tough question, call. isn't it? You know, it's a tough call because where well, you know where does the where does the performer end and the real person begin? You know, I mean, I'm just finished writing a book about Tom Waits, as, as, as we were discussing, and you know that's, that's an interesting case. You know, um, 
you know, who, who, who is the, will the real Tom Waits please stand up? I mean, you could say that of anyone, you know. Sure. I mean, he, I remember I interviewed Waits once, and he said, you know, he said, the thing is, who's, who's saying that Bob Dylan isn't doing an act, you know? Because there's this idea that certain kinds of artists are very definitely doing an act, and then others like Dylan somehow aren't. But, you know, who's, who's saying that the whole Dylan thing isn't itself an act? Well, in some ways, I think it is. Probably Dylan himself would say that, you know. Sure. So Rufus, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, uh, uh, he, he camps it up, that's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think he's an extraordinary writer and singer, and... Um, so, yeah, I'm a big fan. I, though the last record left me a bit lukewarm, I have to say, but I think the first, uh, I think Want 1 and Want 2 are absolutely magnificent. Now, you mentioned the Tom Waits book. All the people you have been involved with in interviews and stories, why did you pick him for the book? Because I thought it was time somebody tried to do, uh, somebody attempted um uh, a, a proper book about weights, to be honest. Uh, there really hasn't been one yet. There's been a couple of books which, you, which you, you do a decent job, but they don't really kind of get under the, you know, under the skin, if you like. So uh, I thought it was it was important to try. I think you know weights is now because he is now sort of regarded as as someone almost as important as like Padillon or or, or Neil Young, uh, and um, and I think he will be regarded as one of the major artists in, 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 in American music, really, uh, of the last sort of 30, 40 years. I, I've no doubt that he, you know, he will, um, in, in 50 years' time, be, be, um, be regarded as one of the preeminent uh, talents. And so, you know, I just wanted to try and talk to as many people who'd worked with him or knew him and just, just try and um, really get to grips with, with um with this extraordinary man, and uh, I hope I've done that. I've worked very hard to do it, and uh, so um, so we'll see. What's the title of the book? The title um, still, it's probably going to be. Uh, there's a name. There's a song of his called "Low Side of the Road." Um, that that, that um, in the end we we thought that probably uh, almost not sort of desperately well known song, but it kind of it, it sort of seemed to speak for the whole. Um, sort of course of his career. It's quite hard to come up with a song title that does justice to someone whose um, career really can be divided into two parts. Uh, so Low Side of the Road is probably um, Low Side of the Road, A Life of Tom Waits. So have you, you've, uh, with your work, you've traveled to several different countries, I take it? Or is it just kind of mainly UK, United States type thing? Uh, mainly, you know, I have, I have been, I've been, you know, um, I went to Africa. I remember going to Prague once back in the kind of uh, pre-Velvet Revolution days. Um, um, and uh, oh yeah, I mean, I've, I've been, I've been to some, um, some interesting places. But, but I've always, you know, written a lot about American music, and um, so. Um, I've lived there a couple of times in my life, and, I've, and I must have been there, do, you know, dozens and dozens of times. Um, and the, there are very few states uh, in America that I haven't been to. I, I think. Well, this may be impossible to answer, but I'm going to give it a shot anyway. Why do you think? What is it that makes the taste, musical taste of 
UK and USA so different? Is it the radio play or is it the people? What what do you think, in your personal opinion, separates the two? Because you can, there's definitely, if you look at the top ten right now over there and over here, they're probably way different. Yeah, uh, you, you really have, um, you know, they really have sort of gone their different ways in in, in many ways. Although there, there are some artists, obviously, like 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 Amy Winehouse or Coldplay, that that seems to have a real sort of currency in 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 both markets. But um, the whole thing has it has changed. I think I think that um, there's a sort of divergence of of taste and and and, and sensibility. Um, and, and, and England has just become more kind of uh, inward-looking in some ways, you know. Um, just sort of, it, it, it doesn't look to America in the same way, and America doesn't look to the UK in the same way. You know, America um, just sort of um, got bored of, of genuflecting to the UK as if somehow, you know, anything that came out of here was, was had to be cool. I, I don't think Americans care very much about Brits anymore, and 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 um, that sort of snooty sort of thing, you know, <laughs> like somehow, you know, uh, you know, the love affair just ended. Or, or, I mean, it probably ended ten years ago. The love affair that started with the Beatles, um, it just ended. I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure there's any reason for it ever to start again. Yeah. You know, um, now, are you guys? Uh, do y'all have? I know it can't be the same, but are they? Is Britney Spears in the news a lot over there, like she is over here? Yes, she is. Is yeah. she really? So they're, you're fascinated over there with this craziness too. Well, I'm personally not fascinated. I'm horrified and and uh, saddened, you know. Uh, but but I, I think that the, the celebrity culture thing is, is exactly the same here as it is there, and, and it is the same sort of people, and it just um, I find it a kind of pervasive sort of sickness that that uh, really revolts me and, and saddens me. Yeah, it's, and, kind of, uh, it's almost a lot like they're not the same type of person by any means, but she over here seems to get as much attention as Lady Di did over there, and ultimately you could argue that led to her death if it's true that she was, you know, they were running for paparazzi, and that's why she was, mm. they had the accident, and uh, sure. it's just too much. Yeah. It's just too much, and, it, yeah. and eventually it just wears on people or it can cause problems like what happened with her, so... Sure. Yeah, they're they're obsessed with it. You can't turn TV on. Well, you know, once upon a time, people sort of had their own lives, and now somehow they don't. Many people kind of don't really. You know, you you just want to really say to everybody, get a life, literally, get a life, <laughs> get your own life, go and live your own life, and stop, you know, uh, kind of obsessing about these people you don't know, you'll never meet, you know, who who. They're just human beings, and 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 uh, you know, you buy their records, appreciate their art, whatever. But you know, just go and do something yourself. Go and do something creative, or or you know. But just sort of, you know, just stop buying those magazines. Yeah, stop, <laughs> you know? stop worrying about where she parked her car and if it was yeah. double parked or not. I mean, you know, is, is your life so <laughs> empty that it really yeah. matters to you what these yeah. these people? You know, you don't know, you never know them. What does it? What does it matter? What does it matter to you? You know, um, so it's it's a sort of 
as some of you, reality is now mediated. You know, people people just don't don't have any sense of their own reality. They have to have it kind of mediated for them and fed to them. You know, and and uh, it's um, I don't know. It's just something that, 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 that I, I don't want to have anything to do with, and I'm sure Todd doesn't want to have anything to do with either. No, absolutely not. <laughs> not anybody. I mean, you know, just imagine, uh, you know. Your your personal problems and all your issues are for everybody to know on the front page of the paper and on every TV show. I just can't imagine the awful well, lifestyle. Yeah, this is where you know I think people like Todd and, and Tom Waits um, can be very inspiring because really what they say is you know I am not going to serve up the details of my private life for public consumption. You know. Um, I'm not going to make that part of my act. But the problem with the Britneys and so forth is, is that they they do set themselves up for for uh, for all of this by by um, treating their lives as part of their sort of performance and what they're selling really, and that's what the culture encourages. You know, um, encourages this sort of exhibitionism and sort of confessionalism and and. Um, you know, it's almost like when you set out on this road, you know, you 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 booked into rehab three years down the line. You know, this is when you're going to go into rehab, and then you're going to come out, and we're going to, you know, then you're going to you're going to be uh, a fantastic example, and then you're going to relapse, and you know, and then we'll have you, you know, getting in a fight outside this nightclub, and, and boy, it'll sell millions of records. You know, I, I'm I'm afraid I'm that cynical about it. Well, it's and now this proof of that. I mean, some of these people, you yeah. know, it becomes clear that they, you know, had a. Oh, accidentally, I lost my porno tape with my boyfriend. You know, mm. it's automatic attention. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, they go out and maybe they crave it. Maybe that's the difference. And uh, really, the ones that do, a lot of them, they're not really talented at anything except getting attention. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, you know, that that that's what it's come down to. Is that it's it's like it's like a kid that will do anything yeah. for attention because. Because what you know, what matters more than anything else is is just is the fame. No, it's not even being famous for doing anything. It's famous for being famous, and uh, and, and 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 it's just it's um it's it's kind of desperate. And the the problem is, if it was a victim a victimless crime, it wouldn't matter. But 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 you know, these these people go insane. I mean, you look at Brittany. I mean, she's she's literally gone mad with it, and. Uh, it's uh, it's really sad to see. Um, it yeah. shouldn't happen to anybody. Well, speaking of this type of thing, all that stuff, a lot of that goes down in California. We have a call from California. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. There you go. <laughs> Are you Hello? Ready? Hello? Hi. I'm, yes, I'm in California, and I've gone mad. <laughs> well done. I just had to call in because I was a little nauseated by the Britney talk. <laughs> um, I have a question for Barry. Um, the, out of all the interviews you've done with women, I know you said something about wishing you could do something for Laura Nero. Um, who has been the, your favorite person that you have ever interviewed? And I have another question after that. <laughs> a favorite woman that I've ever interviewed? Yeah, woman. Um, Musician. Well, I I did interview Joni Mitchell uh, mm-hmm. about 15 years ago, and and spent you know uh, I had a really good time with her, and she was in a good good mood, a good frame of mind, and as you know we talked for a long time, and that was that was a real treat. Um, so um, 
Have you ever interviewed uh, Ricky Lee Jones? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Uh, although, although not not for my Tom Waits book, uh, which I would really like to. <laughs> see, I would very much like to talk to her about Tom Waits, but um, that is not to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, but I, I'm a you know huge fan of those early records, particularly. I mean, I think Pirates is one of the greatest records ever made. I'm with you there. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um. And what else was I going to say? Um. So the last time you interviewed Todd was, I'm sorry, I, I wasn't in it. 98. Was but, 98. Uh, it was 98, right? Yeah. That was the last one that was for the story. Um, you talked I think him. that was, uh, I mean, I may have talked to him on the phone since then. I, I, I actually, I, I can't remember. I may have talked to him on the phone for a, um, just a, like a Q&A for an album review or something. Um, but, yeah, that was, so it was yeah, t- 10 years ago, yeah. So you know he's releasing a new um, some new music in in June or July. That's what we hope. <laughs> yeah. I told him the whole story about the Camper Eve. And oh, okay. So, what I haven't told so come him. Come on yet. down. Yeah, we're trying to talk him into it. What I'd like to know is maybe he can confirm this. There's a rumor that one of Naz's one of the members of Naz's girlfriend broke up the band. Did, oh, did you get that out of the, your interview with Todd or? or no, I can't say that I really know. I don't know the backstory on that. <laughs> <That's because laughs> or if that's I did, I forgot. About it. D and it's kind of lame, but anyway. Yeah. Okay, I have no more questions. Um, keep up the good work, and I think you really should interview Todd again and go to the Campery because it's going to be <laughs> Thank delightful. you. Yeah. Well, Thanks very you. much. Celebrate the ending of writing that book. <laughs> yeah. What a better place but paradise, right? Mm, yeah. Well, if it was, uh, you know, if it was a few thousand miles closer, it would be very tempting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's about a, what a thirty-six-hour flight. Yeah, it's just just, it's just a, a little too much for someone who can't stand being on a plane for two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Well, and that, and in that case, it's you drug yourself so you sleep all the way there. <laughs> yeah, that, that is one way of doing it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I'll let you go and let Doug get back to his interview. Thank you so much. I really Thank appreciate you. it. Bye. Bye. Thanks for calling in, Darnell. All right, good stuff. California, Texas, we got them all over the place. I can't believe somebody from the U.K., we finally give them a chance during their time, because usually I do the shows at night, and obviously, you know, that's a little late for you guys over there. So um, they're they're getting a treat today, getting to listen to the show live versus, you know, the replay the next day. Good. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we've done all the U.K. shows. We've had three of them uh, on Sundays, so that uh, during the, you know, during early in the day, so they get a... So we don't uh, call you at three o'clock in the morning, you know, for an interview. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So your next right. big thing, you're going back into rock back pages. Yeah, I'm just, just, yeah. I'm basically going to just just uh, work, work on that and 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 just try and get that uh, just to try and get various things happening for uh, for, for for the company really. Uh, so um, yeah, we're we're looking at a, 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 a number of, of things we can do with um, with the site, um, as including as I mentioned to you, just just uh, getting some more kind of just current um, um, content going. Really, just just looking at what's what's happening in the here and now, and and um, giving it a giving that giving that a little bit more of a kind of um, present day focus. Excellent. So. Yeah. 
I'll put that link up on the Rugged Radio page Thank in case you. y'all don't understand what I'm saying. It's rocksbackpages.com. I know i got the southern accent. Now, I appreciate you being so generous with your time. It was unexpected. I really enjoyed this very much. I've been dying to have you on the show. And I'm gonna oh, I appreciate make sure that. I didn't leave any stone unturned about something okay. you may want to say about what you got going on or something about Todd that we may want to know. I'm going to give you the final word, freelance, whatever you want, if you got anything else you want to add. Well, you know, I mean, I, I haven't really got any kind of final word or, or, or stone to turn. I mean, I, I, I just really, I, I guess, finished by just reiterating, you know, how much Todd's music has meant to me, um, you know, over the years and, and um, how I just, you know, continue to, you know, go, I mean, if you look at my iPod, you know, I don't think there are many artists where I have, you know, as many tracks as I do by by uh, Rundgren. Um, you know, um, I just think, you know, it was a kind of unique combination of of uh, of, of just a, a sort of iconoclast, um, a real, you know, I just think he wrote some of the great tunes, really, just some of the great melodies in in in. in particularly sort of 70s rock, um, you know, I mean, just just so many of those songs that just really should have been, you know, they're like, they're like, you know, they're like classic pop music for, um, you know, for, sm- <laughs> dare I say it, for kind of smart people, you know, I, I, I think like, you know, something like We've Got to Get You a Woman, I mean, it should have been number one, but instead, you know, I don't know, it was kind of, you know, uh, sugar, sugar, or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's, there's a little level of kind of um, of, of um, subtlety and, and 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 complexity and wittiness and just sheer, you know, just gorgeous, gorgeous tunes. Um, uh, you know, the, the the guy should have been having like massive hits, but then you know, if he had, he wouldn't be the Todd Rundgren that we all know and kind of love. To this day, well put. I think that's exactly the the thing. Why some people are glad he really didn't hit the you know have a bunch of number ones because it might have you know changed the situation. We definitely wouldn't be going to Hawaii probably to camp out and <laughs> property if that was the case. There you go. So yeah, it's uh, it's turned out well. Well, yeah. it's been a treat having you on. I really appreciate it. It's very interesting, and I will definitely talk about this article till I'm blue in the face because I absolutely love it. Great job with that. Thank you. And I'm sure some people look forward to your book on Tom Waits. Well, brilliant. Thank you so much, Doug. I'm honored to be on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, I, I, I hope, um, you know, I hope it's been of some amusement value to somebody. So, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> Thanks, man. Keep up the good sure. work. Thanks a lot. All righty. Good deal. Take care, Doug. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Barney, Barney Hoskins, everybody. Bye-bye. Stick around because we're going to talk about some other things. I, I didn't hear echo for some reason. All right. All right. Drive me crazy. I'm going to play you a song that will give you a hint what we're going to talk about here in a minute. Stick around. Six. Take 
don't know that one from a watch. You don't have to camp around. How about that? Some of us are, though. We're going <laughs> to different definition of the song than what we're talking about, of course. But Todd's got the campery going on. We talked about that earlier, and we're going to talk about it now. So if you are going or not and want to call and talk about it, feel free to give me a call. I'm going to keep this going for a little while. We have uh, some time left. I figured we would. Barney had committed to about 10 to 15 minutes. As you notice, he went about an hour and a half. I'll tell you what, time flies once they get on here. It's amazing. So let's talk about a couple things. Todd has some new tour dates already up for the summer. We don't know when exactly the new Arena Rock album will be out, but uh, it's looking like sometime in June, July maybe. And the kickoff or the concert is supposed to be the 22nd of June at the 60th birthday party celebration in Kilauea, Hawaii. I hope I said that right. All right, followed by, as soon as the party's over, within a few days, Todd will be in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, at the Leech Amphitheater at Riverside Park. That's for the Waterfest. Then, looks like a little West Coast action, where they're always spoiled. July the 2nd, Los Angeles at the Key Club. Tickets go on sale the 17th, which was yesterday. Check it out on Ticketmaster. On the 3rd, the next day, San Juan Capistrano, California, at the Coach House. This has not been confirmed, but uh, it's all over the Internet, so odds are it's probably true. Then on the 5th, Agora Hills, California, at the Canyon. This is unconfirmed as well, but this is the one that's supposed to be about Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, or as Barney called it in his article, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Farts Club Band. That is going to also feature, allegedly, <laughs> all the artist hits. I believe it when I see it in black and white. San Francisco, California on the 6th at the Great American Music Hall. You have to go to a in-ticketing site. Uh, if you need this information, of course, you can always get it at trconnection.com. Just go to the tour page, concert and tour information. 7-8, Portland, Oregon, a return. He was there, or Eugene, Oregon he was, uh, either this year or last year. Aladdin Theater, tickets available at Ticketmaster. The 9th, Seattle, Washington, Triple Door is the venue. Uh, good luck finding tickets for that one. They were available online as well. Beaver Creek, Colorado at the Vilar Performing Arts Center. Vilar, Vilar. And last but not least, 823 Vienna, Virginia, Wolf Trap at the Filene Center. This is supposed to be, actually, according to this, the uh, 40 years ago Sgt. Pepper performance. So Agora may just be a straight-up Tide concert. I apologize for that mistake. So it looks like the Vienna, Virginia, also not confirmed by TR Management, 823. That could be your Sergeant Pepper show. All right, so that's it for the tours, except for we have a tour date for Chasm Sultan. Todd's normal basis will not be on this tour, as you have learned here on Rungren Radio, with the exclusive announcement from Todd himself that Rachel Hayden will be doing these summer tours. Chasm's got a solo gig on March 27th at Johnny D's in Somerville, Massachusetts. That is near Boston. Check it out. That is going to be a fun show. A lot of Todd heads will be there, a lot of Chasm fans. Excuse me as I take a sip of water. That is where you want to be if you are anywhere near the area for Chasm Sultan's show. Always a good one. He's a lot of fun entertainment. He'll talk to you. He'll sing some good songs for you, mix it up with his songs, some covers. you got to love it. All right, so what else do we have? Hawaii updates, in case you don't know and you've been living in a cave, Todd has invited fans to go to his house and camp out and his prop on his property for his birthday party. That is going to be June 16th through the 22nd. 
the concert will be on the 22nd. I don't know if that's going to be during the day or at night. That'll feature the summer tour band and will feature some of the new music from his upcoming Arena Rock album. Lots of activities. If you're going and you haven't seen this yet, Michelle has put out an update that you can find on trconnection.com, um, a hot toddy site. Just search Rundgren Hot Toddies, and I believe it's probably on Michelle's site as well. But she has booked some things like snorkeling. Actually, she didn't book that. That's pretty much uh, a basic free activity, that as well as yoga and hiking. Todd's going to take people on a two-and-a-half-hour medium-rough jungle trail tour. So that will be fun. That's on Thursday morning. You've got kayaking available, inner tubing, which is supposed to be just awesome. It's a three-hour inner tube. includes lunch. Uh, Michelle has booked some of those for people. There were 18 slots. It doesn't mean you have to go on that particular day, that Friday. You can go on another day. Uh, but she booked some just to go ahead and lock it in because those do sell out. So if you want to go tubing and those are gone, then pick another day and book it. It's uh, kawaiabackcountry.com backslash tubing.html. There's also the zip line, which I believe is kind of like a, a ski lift in a way, maybe faster, uh, where you get to see a ton of stuff. It's kind of expensive, though, 145 bucks. You may want to look more into that and figure out why it's worth that. Maybe it's better than what I think. Horseback riding and waterfall swim as well, $125 for a three-hour tour. $135 will get you a four-hour tour. I'm sure that's nice if you like horseback riding and checking out waterfalls. There's going to be some other activities at night, including a game show, which <laughs> is going to be kind of, uh, I want to say, Wheel of Fortune style maybe. It's going to be on Todd and Utopia Trivia. So you better get your history and get your long-term memory back. Get ready for that one. You may want to read that article by Barney Hoskins. That may help you on this trivia game. Then there's going to be free hula lessons. That is going to be a riot. And last but not least, one of the most important things is we will be broadcasting live. I don't know if it's going to be live yet. It depends on the time. We'll be doing a Rungan Radio broadcast that is going to include interview, interview with Todd by the people that are there, the fans, and I guess even – you know, the musicians and things, if they want to ask a question, they're more than welcome to do that as well. So it'll be a Q&A with Todd Rundgren. If it's live, we may take calls. If not, no biggie. You can email me at rundgrenradio at earthlink.net. If you have a question, you're dying to ask Todd, and we'll make sure to try to get that asked during this Q&A session. Another thing I'm going to attempt to do, I can't promise you anything every day. It all depends on what's going on. But I'm going to try to do a show every day while I'm down there, which will be every day of the actual party, the 16th through the 22nd. Just to give you an update about what's going on, who all's there, you know, a general rundown. Uh, may have mix it up and have different people calling in or hosting with me. You know, Cruiser Mail might do a couple of the days. You know, maybe a 30-minute rundown or less. Could be longer depending on what's going on. If I can track people down that want to be interviewed, we may do some of that as well. We're just going to kind of wing it. But we're going to make sure that if you can't make this trip for whatever reason, you will be in the loop about what's going on on the Runger property. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that. You don't want to miss it. All right. If anybody wants to call in, get on it, because I'm about to wrap this up. The number is 646-716-9262. Before I do that, as promised, I'm going to launch and announce Rungren Radio 2. This is awesome if you can get it to work. It's in a beta system right now, the company that I'm using to do this. So there are some kinks here and there, and unfortunately right now it is not compatible with Mac 
unless you use virtual PC software, have that uploaded or downloaded to your Macintosh. There are a lot of other flaws I could go on and on about, but if you can download this player and get this thing going, it is quite fascinating and it is addicting and you can leave it on your computer 24-7 and every time you turn the volume up, you're going to hear a Todd Rundgren interview starting from 1972 up until 2008. Just some unbelievable, rare, and interesting conversation of Todd. There are over 50 uploaded right now. We still have probably 20 more to go, and we may find more for all we know. You've got the 72 interview, which is really more of a promotion broadcast deal, the Bearsville promo everybody has heard about. It's it's quite wild. And then you have a lot of interviews from uh, places outside the United States like Scotland, Germany, Japan. Some of them you'll get to hear them speak in Japanese or whatever the language is, which is quite entertaining as well to hear the translator and all that good stuff. Um, you've got all different time periods, different releases, Todd's albums, different tours. There are some with Utopia on there where you actually get to hear some of the Utopia guys as well. There's the Howard Stern interview, um, Paul Schaefer. It's just incredible. Tons of stuff. If you're interested in that kind of thing, if you're interested outside of the music. And as you heard Barney say, Todd's just an interesting guy. So there's some great stuff. So if you want to see how to do this, what you need to do is go to rungrenradio2.com, and that is the number two not the Roman numeral. So rungrenradio2.com will take you to a web page. It will give you directions. Um, it will also give you an email for support if you're having issues, or you can look in there. They have a support forum. Uh, it's called the U Broadcast Forum. And uh, there's also some pretty clear directions on the Rungren Radio 2 website for how to do this. And if you're interested in why we picked the categories we did to get you there, business and then B2B, there is no rhyme or reason. <laughs> we just had to change it a couple of times to fix some problems, and that just happened to be what, what kind of worked. So it has no relevance. All you really need to worry about is getting there. Once you do, uh, it will randomly play different interviews, so it will automatically play interviews as long as you leave the player on. So it is a fantastic service that I hope you enjoy because it was a lot of work to get all those uploaded and get them put together properly for your listening enjoyment. So that's pretty much a wrap. We've got a show Tuesday night. The show is going to be with Nikki Nichols. It's at 9 o'clock Eastern time. Nikki is a character. Believe me, you will be laughing when you listen to the show. If you don't know who he is, Nikki was responsible for some of the outfits that Utopia wore, as well as Todd's famous, infamous peacock outfit for the Midnight Special where he did Hello, It's Me. It's also... If you don't know what Peacock Outfit I'm talking about, just do a search on Amazon for Todd Rugren books. And the book is called A Dream Lives On Forever, or A Dream Goes On Forever uh, by Billy James. You'll see that on the cover of that book. He is going to be a riot. Um, also, he's mentioned in the song One World, which most of the lyric sites say it's Mickey with an M. It's Nicky with an N. And we are going to talk about a massive attempt to get all those updated and corrected. You can be a part of that if you listen to the show on Tuesday night. So definitely check it out, and you will have fun. So I'll see if I can't get a little music going for y'all. If anybody wants to call in, we've got about 20 minutes live left. We're about to wrap this up, though. 
You're listening to RungrenRadio.com. As you know, the Shelly that uh, passed away with cancer, unfortunately, and she had a massive Todd collection. He is selling bits and pieces of that as requested by her. He has a lot of photos up. If you want to see those, go to GodfreyTownsandMusic.com and sign his guest book and say, I would like to see you know, Shelly's items or whatever, something like that, and he will hook you up with that and send you the link to how to get there. And there's some really great pictures on there. Um, I think you'll enjoy seeing. So definitely check that out. Hi, this is John Forensic, and you're listening to RundgrenRadio.com.
All right, everybody. Yeah, uh, <laughs> some people asking if I had some tech issues. Uh, that would be correct. So what can you do? Uh, I need to re-upload some songs and whatnot, so uh, we can play some of those when we have extra time. So I'm going to go ahead and call this a wrap. I'm going to try to play you one more song if it will play, because I know this is one of everybody's favorites. Man, I'm having a little difficulty here. Ah, why don't we do this? Let's see if I can play this. If I can, this is the set list, the most recent one uh, from 07, some of 08. This is a clip of all the songs. Hopefully it'll play. We'll finish it that way, just like the show's finishing. And because this may be the last time you hear it, because I believe next time Todd tours, you're definitely going to have a different set list because there are going to be some new songs from the Arena Rock album. Don't forget, check out Rungren Radio 2. That's the number 2.com. Don't forget, Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, Nikki Nichols. It's going to be a hilarious show. Hope you enjoyed this one with Barney Hoskins as much as I did. Have a great one.